It, it's the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Radio Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it is so good to have you here on the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. <laughs> Relax. Thanks, bud, for <laughs> killing Relax. my momentum. Thanks. Sorry, buddy. I got some. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Big J journalist Matt Catarizzolo joining us as well. We may or may not see Vinny Mutone today, um, but regardless, he's he's in our hearts as as uh, as, as he always is. Um, still, plenty to cover today uh, here on the Haystack. Plenty to go. So Kawhi Leonard shook the world. The U.S. Women's National Team wins the World Cup. That's a big story. Uh, I got power rankings coming up at about twelve thirty in the NBA. Closing out the show, we're going to make our home run derby bracket. That's tonight. I will say this, and and look, I I'll allude to this again later. I I am not part of a network that televises particular events. I, I'm not, so I don't have to sell you on. Oh, watch the home run derby. This is going to be a great year. The the field in the home run derby this year is pretty lame. I'm not going to lie. It really is. Well, Yelich, Yelich, right? and uh, one of the more interesting guys that was in the home run derby was Christian Yelich, and he's now out with a back. And injury. now he's out with a back injury. And who do they replace him with? I, I like the kid a lot, Chapman. but he's very boring. Is Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman. of the Oakland A's? I, I'm like, okay, we're losing a little bit here. Vladdy Junior's in it. That's going to be cool. Pete Alonso's in it. That's going to be cool. Other than that, I'm not overly interested. I, Alex Bregman and Jock Peterson is going to be such a boring matchup to watch. But anyway, we'll throw the bracket out at you later. I want to start with this. Obviously, the big news over the weekend, as many of you would like to say, oh, it's the Women's World Cup. No, it's not. Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers is such a bigger story. It literally shook the NBA world. The NBA, look, I will say this. Last year, right, when the Golden State Warriors, they, they ended up signing Boogie Cousins last year. No, Lord only knew how many games they were going to have him for, but regard, nonetheless, they got him. Last year, I was so disinterested in the NBA, I barely even covered it on my show. I barely did, Right? Regular season NBA did not get a lot of traffic. Once it got to the postseason, then we started looking more. Uh, we started looking deeper into it. I was just totally disinterested. There weren't enough storylines. It was the Golden State Warriors and then everybody else. LeBron went to the Lakers. Okay, that's great. They weren't that good. Um, you know, it gets a little interesting just because now what we're looking at, Kawhi Leonard goes to the Clippers. And I'm fascinated by the NBA next year. I can't wait. I, I honestly, I am looking forward, and this is going to sound crazy to most people, I'm looking forward to the NBA season next year more than I am the NFL. Just because there's so many storylines going into the NBA next year. Kawhi to the Clippers. Paul George to the Clippers. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. They've actually, I actually think the Lakers have filled out that roster incredibly well after missing out uh, missing out on Kawhi. Um you know, you Zion Williamson with the Pelicans. 
Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. That's going to be a storyline. How is Kemba Walker going to be with uh, going to be with Boston? Is the culture going to change? Philadelphia, what's going to happen with them? Toronto, are they going to take a step back? There's so many different angles that you can look at this. The NBA next year is going to be absolutely fascinating. So, here's the thing. I think that the deeper message of Kawhi signing with the Clippers, it has a lot to do with brand power. Think about this. And if you haven't noticed it, I'm going to tell you right now. The Clippers signed Kawhi Leonard and traded for Paul George over the L.A. Lakers, their big brother. The Brooklyn Nets signed Kyrie Irving and signed Kevin Durant over the New York Knicks, their big brother. What does this say about brand power? The two biggest brands in the NBA are the New York Knicks and the L.A. Lakers, despite the fact that they've had lack of success for the past 20 years. Right? The Lakers have won a title. The Lakers have won a title, yeah. I'm not... Lakers have won a title, but it's been won since... 2009, 2010. Well, that was, right. That was their last title. 2010-2011, I think. That was their last title, but that was the uh, 20, uh, 2010 was their first title in God knows how long. Since 2002. 2002. 2002. So, so eight years then. So twenty. So we've had twenty or uh, about twenty years. The Lakers have won two titles. The Knicks haven't won a title since nineteen seventy. Well, the Knicks. Well, the Lakers. The Lakers won back to back. They won two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and then they won two thousand nine, two thousand ten. All right. So I'll rescind they, my. They I'll rescind my statement they, a little bit. They, they got there. They got there in 07, 08, Lost to Boston. Right. So I'll rescind my statement a little bit. So yeah, for they, the, the Lakers for the past like ten years have had pretty much zero success, and the Knicks for the past forty years have. Pretty much had zero success. That's and, a, that's and after they the went thing. after they went back to back in two thousand one, two thousand two, they went back there in two thousand three and lost to Detroit. Right. Yeah. So you're we're looking at the Lakers and the Knicks. They have their they are the big brands in their respective cities. They're the two biggest brands in the NBA, and they both lost out on the prize free agents that were destined to go there. KD was a KD was supposed to be a Nick. We could all say that. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George last year were supposed to be LA Lakers. They they just were. They I think, were. I think well with Kawhi, the Paul George. I think you're right with Paul George with Kawhi. I think Kawhi was. I think Lakers, but I you can't factor out the Toronto Raptors. I think the Raptors were. I, that's where I felt. I felt as we were heading to that before that well, decision was made. Yeah. I felt. I felt the Raptors were were going to be the well, ones si- that he was right. going to pick. Since uh, as the year went on and after they won a title, yeah, Toronto became more prominent just because oh maybe he's going to want to go back there. But it, it was pretty much Lakers, Lakers, Lakers as soon as he got traded, or even honestly before he got traded, he wanted to go to the Lakers when he was still in San Antonio. So. Kawhi Leonard is literally changed the way I think changed the way that teams are viewed by free agents and it symbolizes that Kawhi Leonard shifted the mindset it is not even about anymore the brand recognition right it it isn't about oh I'm gonna go play for the Lakers they're the big brand I'm not gonna go I'm gonna uh, you know 
I'm going to go play for the New York Knicks. They're the big brand in the biggest market. Kawhi Leonard chose the little brother team in Los Angeles. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving chose the little brother team in New York. It changes the way that this works. I mean, look, as far as I'm concerned, I think that we can legitimately say now that the big brands in the NBA, they're not really as much of a threat because they're big brands. I think that surprised me more with the Lakers then because the Knicks doesn't surprise me. The Knicks have been an awful franchise for decades and really their only selling point is, well, New York City, Mecca Basketball, Madison Square Garden. That's their only selling point. The both Lakers, of, Both the, of them are very poorly run. But the, They are, but the Lakers have... Okay, we still won two titles in re, you know in semi recent years. That's true. They've had they've had two titles. We still have had more success than the Knicks have ever had. We they can't just say they don't they they're not the ones who say are the ones going out and saying yeah Los Angeles yeah it's Staples Center. They could still say like we've have a championship of a couple a couple titles in recent memory. Oh yeah, and we have this guy named LeBron James. Like they still have a, and now Anthony Davis now they still have a pretty good recruit, a recruiting class so it would still it, it would surprise me more so with the Lakers than it does with the Knicks. It, well, you're right, but both poorly run organizations, the Nets and the Clippers are both very well run organizations right now. They go for comfort. They go for and, and think about the two free agents that we're talking about primarily, Kawhi and Kevin Durant. I know Kyrie Irving sprinkled in there as well, but the two big guys, right? Kawhi, Kevin Durant. Smaller, uh, the smaller little brother teams in the big markets. Okay, Kevin Durant left Golden State. I, I I don't know. I can't really trust you. The medical staff. I can't really trust you. So he chose this organization that was run better. He chose Brooklyn. Hey, Brooklyn's got a reliable medical staff. They've got great player development. They've got a lot of cap space. They're still in a big market. Don good head coach. Right. A great head coach. That, Kenny Atkins is part of that great player development uh, mantra. Kevin Durant chose Brooklyn. They're trustworthy. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, do I want to – Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka – a lot of noise, a lot of traffic. Uh, the Clippers, Jerry West, Michael Winger, Steve Ballmer, Doc Rivers. Function, pieces, players, no drama. Stability. Right. It makes sense. But the Clippers, they didn't have another star. So they went out and got one. They gave up a lot. They get Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and five first-round picks is a lot to give up for Paul George. But they traded that for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And if you're thinking about it that way, it's a bargain. It is a bargain. You got four years of Kawhi. You've got the remaining three years of. Uh, I'm sorry, four years of Paul George. Yeah, you mortgage your future. But guess what? Your future is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Plus, you've got probably the best bench scorer in league history in Lou Williams. The guy averages 20-plus points a game off the bench 
for multiple years in a row. The guy's great. The Clippers right now, they're title favorites. And everybody said they were out, including myself. Everybody said that they were out because they didn't have that second star. But they're in. So uh, now that the deal deal is officially made, uh, there's more details now coming out of what was going on during this process. Uh, Mark Spears of the Undefeated actually said, a source told him that early last week that there was no way Leonard was going to sign with the Lakers as a free agent with LeBron Anthony Davis, despite speculation they were the front runners. Uh, before the Paul George was actually deal was made, and before Durant actually went to Brooklyn, Kawhi actually tried to get Durant over to the Clippers and join him. Right. No. Well, I think. Look, uh, Kawhi. I think in his own head was thinking, "All right, uh, I'd probably prefer the Clippers," but I think the meetings that were being held. I think you could have said it was safer for him to go Lakers or go Raptors just because, all right, they've got established pieces there. Um, You know, they've got stars there already. Toronto, I've been there. I've won a championship. I've got no problem with running it back. You know, I mean, that's the way that this could work. And look, there, there isn't really a problem with that. I think that a lot of people are taking it a little bit too far when they're saying that it makes reporters look bad. Reporters get, you know, word from sources, and those sources could very well be wrong about a lot of things. They don't have to be right. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people were saying the Clippers weren't in it. But maybe the Clippers weren't in it until they got Paul George. I I mean, that is literally, what, 10 minutes apart where that happened? It just it was probably a contingency thing. I don't think that's anything wrong on these guys, but I don't know. Interesting story. Kawhi Leonard shakes up the NBA. I think it's going to be incredibly interesting next year. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll shift to this for a minute. I think what the Lakers have done in response to missing out on Kawhi Leonard, filling out their roster, I think they've done incredibly well. I really do. Danny Green, Boogie Cousins. Uh, Danny back- Green surprised me because Danny Green was waiting for Kawhi to make his move. He was waiting for Kawhi to go to, to go wherever he was going to go. Right. So for him to go to the Lakers after Kawhi went to the Clippers, that surprised me because as soon as he went to the Clippers, I felt, okay, Danny Green's going to go to the Clippers. That's not what happened. Right. I thought Danny Green was interesting because he was waiting on Kawhi to make his move and maybe join him because he's been with him essentially his whole career. Right. So that move surprised me a lot too. Right. But they've done a great job, I think, of filling out their roster. They really have. Uh, they've got a bunch of different guys, shooters, defenders. Uh, they're on the cheap. I, I will say that, and I don't think they're going to be done. Uh, you know, Igudala, I think, is going to be up there. Corver, I think, is going to be up there. You're going to see a lot of guys go. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. So the NBA, I, I'm fascinated by the NBA next year. Cousins signed a one-year, what was it, $8 million deal? One-year contract with the Lakers, trying to see if I can get the money. It was a mid-level exception, I yeah. think. It was it was worth like... Rondo got a two-year... $14 million, I want to say it was? Two, yeah, I think it was two years. Yeah, a lot of these guys got two-year contracts. A lot of these guys got two-year contracts. Uh, all right, coming up next. This fear's free agency, I think, says a lot about how we feel about stars playing together. It's different. That's coming up next. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. 
You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Matt, good to have you in. Second part of hour number one. We're about at the 1140 mark. We've got news coming up in a little bit. Um, still plenty to cover today. Women's uh, Women's World Cup. That, uh, I, I will say this, and, and we're going to get into this at about noon um, at the top of the second hour. I couldn't be prouder of the of the women's national team, but I am gonna have. I, I promise you this: I'm going to have a very different conversation than everybody else is having about the U.S. women. Trust me, you're not going to want to lose that. So here we go. I want to talk about this. So. We misinterpret things in sports all the time. We 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 do. Uh, I think that um, when you're talking about uh, stars playing together, and it, and it, I keep hearing, you know, today's game is not like the game. You know, it isn't like uh, what it used to be, right? Stars used to want to play against each other, not with each other. Really? Because that's not what I saw. Right, look! Look at all these championship teams who had multiple stars playing together. Uh, all right, so we had Magic and Kareem, we had uh, Michael and and Scottie Pippen, uh, we had Bird, McHale, and Dennis Johnson. By the way, Dennis Johnson was not a long lifelong Boston Celtic. Uh, Isaiah Dumars and Dennis Rodman. Oh, oh boy, bad boy Pistons. Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, they all played together. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. Yeah, uh, Clyde Drexler was a Portland Trailblazer. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, guys. Well, all those guys were draft picks, so I think that's. I think what they were all draft picks. Well, what they mean is. You're not getting free agents, guys like Durant and Kyrie joining another LeBron and Bosch and Wade. I think that's what, I think that's kind of what they mean though. Like these guys are joining up with each other. You got Durant joining with Curry, and you know what was the thing with Durant when he left Golden when he left OKC? Well, he wants to join Golden because he knows he can't beat them. Right. I think that's what they mean though. Right. You know, I think that's what they mean. Like they're not they're not joining. They're not trying to form teams to be another team. They're kind of trying to join up and just win a championship. So, and I kind of understand. I kind of understand it, but at the same time, I think individually-wise, I get it. The teams want to win a championship, so these guys want to win a title, so they want to join up with the best chance to win. Right. But, you know, I think what they mean is they want players to join. They want players to try to team, try to beat the top dog, and I think that's kind of what they're not getting. Right. So here's my point on this. We officially now – have parity in the NBA, right? There are going to be 12, 13 teams that all believe that they can win a title. Half the league believes that they can win a title, right? Think about it. You've got, in the East, you're looking at a loan. Okay, I'll rattle off a few. So you've got probably five teams in the East that think that they can win a title, right? Boston, Philly, Indiana, Boston, Philly, Indiana, uh, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. Those Tor- Toronto's out. Toronto's yeah, out. Right. Out. Right. So five teams in the East believe that they can win a title. Let's look at the West. 
Hmm. Does Brooklyn believe they can win a title this season, though? Not yeah, now. Not I think this so. Year. Without not with, this year. Without Durant, I don't think so. I think they could. I think they absolutely believe they do. Like, no, nah, not this year. I no. think that. Well, hang on. I think that they they believe they've got a lot of good young players. They've got two brand new stars. One of them, obviously, one of them's hurt. Isn't going to play this year. The better one. The the better one. You're right. But they've got young players that are going to get better. They've got a deep roster, and they don't have dysfunction. Nobody thought Toronto was going to win the title last year either. So I think you've got five teams in the East that I think can win a title. In the West, let's is, take a look at this. Uh, is Toronto, though? Well, Toronto Toronto before Kawhi got there was a one seed. They were a one-two seed before Kawhi got there. When he got there, that's when they became a championship final. That's when they became a championship. Right, but nobody to, believed that they were better than the Celtics. Nobody believed think, that they were better than the Celtics. Uh, Evan, come on. I, I don't know. Nobody I don't know believed they were better than the Celtics. The Celtics were my pick to win the East. Right. Every, there were a lot of people's pick to win the East. Pencil it in. They definitely were. Last year, pencil it in. It was Boston and Golden State in the finals. Everybody had it. Everybody had it. Then Boston had some dysfunction, and Toronto was the best team in the East. And even when Boston had dysfunction... People didn't think Toronto would make it anyway. They said Milwaukee was a lot better than them because for the most part of the regular season, they were. And then Toronto came out of nowhere in the uh, in the playoffs and Kawhi was absolutely inhumane in the playoffs and they made it to the finals and won it. So we got five teams in the East, in the West, Clippers, Lakers, Utah, Denver, Houston, uh, who am I... Uh, I know there's more. I'm blanking. Golden State. Don't forget about Golden State. Golden State could still do it. Um, I think you're looking at... Did you say both L.A. teams already? Yes. Both L.A. teams. uh, Oh, my God. Who am I missing? Um, You said Philly. You said Boston. You said... Portland. Portland. Portland Portland now. Portland probably needs another star, but yeah, Portland. Right? I mean, like, you've got a lot of teams that now have faith that they can win a title. Why do you think this is? Look at all the pairings we have in the NBA, right, of stars. Kawhi, Paul George. LeBron, Anthony Davis. Next year, obviously, no, but in following years, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. On top of that, again, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum. You've got plenty more. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. Guys, I I mean, we've got a lot of pairings here of players that can all win titles. Golden State still has Steph, Draymond, and Clay. There aren't that many teams that only have one, like, superstar. Like, the only ones I can really think of is, like, Giannis on the Bucks. You could argue Jokic in Denver. Uh, Damien on the Trailblazers. Damien on the Trailblazers, but McCall- Lillard McCullum's another but one. But McCollum and Lillard, like they've, I mean, obviously Lillard is better, but you know they've kind of established themselves as kind of like the best tandem back or the second best tandem backcourt in, in the NBA. But there's what my point is is that there's no NBA team that's like kind of revolving around one superstar except for Milwaukee now, Aiden. Maybe with this bigger contract, we'll see Middleton kind of like take it to the next level next season. But I don't yeah, know. Right. But here's my thing. I think we can make the argument now 
that the league is as fascinating as we've ever been. The problem was never stars playing together. The problem was there weren't enough stars playing together. Think about this. All the stars that were playing together were on one team. They were on one team. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Kevin Durant. Okay, nobody beating those guys. They've got four. Everybody else got one or two. Well, the Heat, too. Back the Heat, too, with LeBron, Bosch, and Wade. Ray Allen got there. They went to four NBA finals. You know, that was another team, too. Well, right. Ray Allen was not a... No, Ray Allen was not a star at that point. Ray Allen was a He's still a darn good player. Still solid I mean, three point. Uh, he was a he was basically a six man. He was a three point shooter at that point. But a heck of a six man. That, <laughs> That's a heck of a six man. Hell to have. Of a six man. You're right. But not enough stars play together. Not enough of them. I mean, we could literally look in this year and say, "All right, we've got so many teams that that believe that they can win a title. It makes the league better." We still have stars playing together. It's going to be fun. Look, I, I say it all the time. I can even admit this. Golden State was fun for a year. Golden State with Kevin Durant was fun for a year. Then the two years after that, all right, it, it's getting kind of old because now they're uh, – guys, the, nobody's got a shot. And then the best thing that could happen to the NBA was that they lost to the lost in the finals to Toronto. That was the best thing that could have happened for the league. It opened it up completely. Well, I mean, this I don't know how this is going to sound, but in hindsight, this the best thing that could have happened to the league was Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles. It's not a, it's obviously not a good thing, but if you want to talk about overall, sure. what like in in the speaking to the narrative that you are right now with opening up the league, yeah, if Kevin Durant never tore his Achilles, they would have never lost that finals. Kawhi probably still would have left, and Kevin Durant still probably would have left, but it would have capped off this, right. you know, Golden State run. But you know, it ended probably with one less championship than it should have. Right. I, I mean, look, it, and it, you're right; it probably was that way. But isn't it time we kind of embraced this whole thing? The way that the league is now. Look, I'm so excited for the way that the league is now. I mean. I think it's kind of time we embraced it now. (laughs) My fault. I think it's about the time we embraced it. You've got stars playing together, but in different places. The NBA next year is going to be fun. It isn't about, all right, every team needs to have one superstar, and that's going to work. That, I believe, makes it a little bit boring. You don't need all 30 teams to be competitive. But if you get 10 of them and you've got legitimate star pairings that are fun to watch, I that I buy. That I buy. I don't think our problem was ever with stars playing together. It's that not enough of them were. All right. Let's throw it over to the news. Our big J journalist, Matt Catarazzolo. What's up, bud? So... Sticking with stars playing together, so yeah, Kawhi Leonard essentially duped the entire NBA and inked a four-year deal with the Clippers, uh, the Lakers' little brother, and in the process recruited Thunder Thunder forward Paul George uh, for a record trade. So listen to this. I'm going to list off the assets that the Clippers acquired in the Paul George trade. This is a lot, so bear with me. 
So they got a 2021 first round unprotected pick from the Heat, a 2022 unprotected first round pick from the Clippers, uh, uh, the 2023 Miami first round, which is a lottery protected pick, uh, 2023 first round pick sweep, a 2024 Clippers first round unprotected pick, 2025 first round pick sweep, a 2026 first round Clippers unprotected, and not to mention Danilo Gallinari and Shea Gilgis Alexander, who was a very promising rookie. Promising last year. young point guard. He's very pretty good. Very good. Uh, so what I wanna what I wanna talk about because I think that Paul George is a very interesting player. I don't think that he is the best player on any team. I think that he, except for, you know, okay, see, last year, what I think that Paul George's role is in the NBA, I think he's the perfect complimentary star. Like, he is he is the best player to play with another good player. Like, I, I wouldn't trust my franchise with just a Paul George, but, you know, that's why when he was in Indiana, yeah, they won a few playoff series, but then when he leaves and he goes to OKC, he became, you know, that it eventually became kind of his franchise when people started to kind of distrust Westbrook. But I think that's why, you know, he was such a better fit with Westbrook than Durant because he kind of took a step back. Now, if you put him with Kawhi Leonard, I think Paul George is going to kind of fill out a more specific role. Do you like Kawhi and Paul George better than LeBron and Anthony Davis? Uh, yeah, a lot better. You do, really? Yeah, a lot better. Because, Tell me why. Uh, because they're both, not by a lot, but they're two of the best two-way players. So, okay. I mean, That's Paul, a good point. Paul George Paul George was a depoy candidate, I think, last year. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard has won depoy in the past. They're both lockdown defenders. And that's honestly, I think that's going to be the Clippers' kind of MO this season moving Defense. forward. Because they have incredible defenders. Beverly and Harrell and, you know, uh, now they got Paul George and now they have Leonard. But they have incredible defense. So I think that's kind of like how they're going to how they're gonna right. kind of map the season out. So I think, yeah, I, I think I do like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard a little bit better than Anthony Davis and LeBron. Wow. You don't? Well, I... <sighs> It's tough to say because I'll say this. I like the Clippers more than I like the Lakers right now. But the pairing of LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think, is a little bit more, I'll say, interesting. Because I agree with you. I I think having two really good two-way players like George and Kawhi Leonard can be really dangerous. I think as far as things that they can do, I think that Anthony Davis and LeBron could probably do a little bit more together. I agree with that. But it, I, I think you're right. It could be incredibly, incredibly dangerous. But Do you think, barring health, that that's the Western Conference Finals? I think you can count out Golden State, I think but you, yeah, that's kind of where I don't we're think at. you can count it out, but... I, I mean, think you could... I, I, that is probably the early favorite for it, yes. I, I, I'll say that. I think that... Um, I think as far as like what you're betting on right now, I I would find a real hard time picking two better teams in the West than the Lakers and the and the Clippers. Absolutely, those I think are the two best teams in the West. I mean, like you're gonna have outlier. Denver's gonna be very good next year. Denver is gonna be very good. And you know what sucks about Denver is that Michael Porter Jr. just suffered another 
injury that's going to keep him out of I the summer. Think that's going to keep him out of the summer league. I know. I I think he's going to play at least a limited role in. He's going to play a limited role. I think a little bit mm-hmm. uh, for them over the course of the year, and then maybe if he plays well, he'll he'll come back and and do his thing that way. But I I, I don't know. Clippers Lakers I think is where this is steering. I think so too. But, I, but. it's so <laughs> early to tell. But all right, what's next? So uh, the Lakers, the Lakers made a, a couple more free agency moves. They signed Danny Green, Jared Dudley, and Demarcus Cousins, who originally did not have a market in free agency. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying that he was going to have to take kind of like a mid-level, kind of like a mid-level contract. So what I want to know is like LeBron has always flourished with you know three like kind of wing, uh, like kind of three and D wing players that can shoot, and I feel like Danny Green is kind of the quintessential like 3 and D wing player veteran that can shoot right right no okay. he he defines that yeah exactly so you know signing players like that we're kind of we were talking about not not too long ago how you know it's LeBron Anthony Davis Kuzma and then a bunch of nothing right so I feel like are these kind of do you think these are kind of like rounding out the edges a, uh, edges yeah. a little bit? No, look, I, I think they've done a even great cousins. Job. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how I feel about that cousin signing. I actually, you know, I bash players all the time for their ego, their coachability. I co- I, I coach I bash players all the time for that. But at the same time, I think that the cousins to the Lakers signing makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. First of all, this is a guy that can average 25 to 12. Okay. Ken. Didn't last year, but can. Right. He, he can, right. It, barring his health, he can. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lakers needed to bring in another player like that. If Boogie Cousins can be who he is, I think it's a great signing. I think that if you're worried about... If you're worried about his attitude... With the Lakers, I think that you are not reading it the right way. I don't think so because if Golden State, he listen, he went to Golden State and there were no problems. There were no problems he in went, Golden State. He went to Golden and State first, and, and, was and I will fine. say this too: when he went to New Orleans, him and Anthony Davis never had a problem. Well, he recruited them over there to right. LA, and now right. and now they're back together. And so now they're back together. I think that could work. I really do. I think so, that really could work. So what do you think is the starting five going to look like for the Lakers next season? Rondo, Danny Green, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Boogie. That is what I think the starting line So you line think, you think Anthony Davis will be at the four? Yes. Oh, yes, I do. okay. So I they can run like a... Okay. okay right. You know what, that's, it, when can, you've I, got I like that, that much size and length... Oh, my God. You're I not, mean... The other team's not getting a board. I mean... Anthony Davis can average tw- averages 12, 13 rebounds a game. Boogie Cousins, when healthy, averages 12 rebounds a game. LeBron averages 7, 8 rebounds a game. I, you're going to have one of the best... Re- and forget forget about that. I know a lot of people make fun of him, but let's be truthful. JaVale McGee, who I don't love as a player, played well for them last year yeah. and can average 10 rebounds a game. The yes. guy's long and athletic. Yes. So... I, I, I think the Lakers, like I like I said, and on top of that, you've got Kuzma off your bench, I think, too. I would run Kuzma off the bench. This Laker team, I think, is very legit. Because think about this. At full strength, you've got four guys on your roster that can all average over 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. 
right? LeBron, AD, Boogie, and Kuzma can all average over 20 points a game. Yeah. You've got a great passer in Rondo to go, to go along with LeBron. You've got shooters with Danny Green, Troy Daniels, Dudley, um, Jared Dudley. They signed another kid too. Um, who who was the other guard they just signed? Um, uh, they just signed another guard too. But yeah, I it's mean, it's gonna bother me. <laughs> there there are uh, there are concerns, but I mean, barring injury, like Alex I, Caruso. No, no, oh, not no. Caruso. The secret Contavious weapon. Contavious Caldwell oh, Pope. That was it. They, they Contavious Caldwell Pope. They called him back. Yeah, so he can he can shoot too. He's another piece. And another, Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook can stroke Quinn it too. Quinn Cook. Yeah, Quinn Cook is nice. So yeah, so bar, barring health, this is going to be something to pay attention to. All right, what's next? So I saw something very interesting that uh, I was looking at uh, right after the Paul George trade. The OKC has you know. The, the word they used was explore. They're exploring uh, talks moving forward with Russell Westbrook and the future of the franchise. Now, I looked and saw that a potential trade destination for Russell Westbrook is, in fact, Houston. Yeah. So, what do you think that kind of situation would be like, given the already kind of fragile, mishandled situation in Houston, and then you kind of throw in... Russell Westbrook, another already kind of hard-to-manage, ball-centric point guard. Well, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I don't I, think so either. Like, for what? It's too, first of all, it's too early to speculate, but I don't know. I mean, like, what, would the, what do the Rockets have to give up? They don't have anything. I mean, like, they've got Chris Paul and James Harden. They've got P.J. Tucker... Eric Gordon, you're not giving up any of those guys, right? I mean, like, first of all, if you're going to trade for Russell Westbrook, you've got to find a way to get rid of Chris Paul, right? You can't have Chris Paul, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook on the floor at the same time. It's just I, not, it wouldn't I work. I don't think the Thunder are going to take in that contract, though, so you might you're gonna have, you might have to find a different suitor then. Right, exactly. So you're going to have to find somebody to take Chris Paul's contract. There aren't enough basketballs to go around. I, would it be cool? Would it be interesting? Yeah, I'd watch it, but... Uh, that's a lot of... I would watch it too, but... I mean, if the Rockets are naive enough to believe, like... Oh, no, this is what we need. This is, like, what's going to get us where well, we need hey, to go. Well, hey, look. Like, I, if... I, I can applaud the Rockets for the... If, if there was a team that could do it, I would I would believe that the Rockets could. Daryl Morey's a much smarter man than I am. But... Yeah. No, thanks. He's an analytics but, guy. No, well, I, listen, man, didn't he go to Harvard uh, or, like, yeah, MIT I, or something? I like, know. I'm screwing with you. But... You're pretty smart, though, man. Thanks. <laughs> but, uh, like, Daryl Morey is also always going to have, all right, I can move pieces over here, and I can move pieces here, and it, this could work, and this could work, and, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to, like, he constantly keeps the roster moving. He's never complacent with how his roster is already. Yeah, and, and he did say that no one no one is safe except for Harden not, not too long ago. Yeah, right. So, I, I mean, I think... I, I think he'd like to keep Chris Paul, too. I really do. But if he can get somebody like Russell Westbrook, I think he would part ways with a lot of pieces. So if he if he has to give up more draft picks, if he has to give up more players because he wants to make the most out of what Harden's doing, then I think he would take the chance on Westbrook. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would buy that he'd try it. I'd buy that he'd try it. Look, and as far as Westbrook is concerned, I don't really know who would take him. 
I really don't. He he's hard to play with. Players don't want to go there. You're he's getting paid a boatload of money. He's getting paid over forty million dollars a year. I, I mean, he I, Russell West. He, he averages a triple double. Cool. I, I I just I'm not. I don't buy. And to be honest with you, I don't know what team would like. What contending team would give up assets to go get him? You know what I mean? Like I. I don't think Orlando would mortgage their future to go get him. I don't think that a team like Phoenix would mortgage their future to go get him. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I feel like he would go to a place where, like, there's kind of, like, no future. Like, Washington, you know? Yeah, I feel like, like they, they right. Would, like, they yeah. would swap, like, him and John Wall, you know, just because. Just that is interesting. Just because. That may be. Just Westbrook from Wall straight up. Yeah. West, well, I think the Wizards, the Wizards would have to throw in. A, a draft pick or two. Like, they'd have to, right? We're going to give you John Wall, who's a star player, but he may never play again. We'll give you a couple of draft picks. Bad contract for bad contract. Could it? That's actually something I haven't thought of. That's actually a pretty smart idea. All right. That's the news. Big J journalist, Matt Catarizzolo. Coming up next. Boy, oh boy, are we jammed today. Coming up next, so what the U.S. women did in the World Cup was phenomenal. Phenomenal. But what they did for the world was even better. But it isn't what you think. That's coming up next. Our number two on the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents The Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Hour number two on this lovely Monday. It is so good to have you here on the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, Big J journalist Matt Catarazzolo. Good to have you here. So good to have you here. The Worldwide Sports Radio Network studios here in New York. Mike, Evan, Matt. Hey, Stack. All right. So, who's ready to get pissed? <laughs> Fire, look, we got to have a world full of firearms because everybody's about to be triggered with what I'm going to say. <laughs> I figured you'd appreciate that. That was, that was pretty, pretty punny. So, the U.S. women's national team, I will say this firsthand, I am, I could not be prouder of what they did. They, uh, literally, the entire tournament, they made everybody else look like children. They really did. I, I will say this. They made everybody else look silly. Nobody was, ma- nobody could match them. It was incredible. I what will they say did. though, I will say that I think the, the Netherlands game last night that was pretty tough and physical for the first sixty-five minutes of the game. For then the, the first, penalty, for the first the penalty, hour of the game, yeah, the, absolutely. The penalty kick came. Then the, the the penalty on Alex Morgan hit her right in the shoulder on the cleat of the shoulder. Rapino got the kick. Uh, Roosevelt followed it up with a with a goal. A few, well, a few Van, weeks Van de Waal, later. the 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 um, the. Uh, Dutch goalie was phenomenal. Oh, she played great. She was phenomenal the whole tournament. She played phenomenal. But um, I will say this. They played great all tournaments. So they win the they win the World Cup yesterday. It's a 2-0 win over the Netherlands. It was a very good, uh, exciting game. 
Uh, if you're asking me, I think the MVP of the whole game was was Rose Lavelle. It was not Megan Rapino. I think that that goal from Rose Lavelle was absolutely insanely good. Um, to say anything, I look, I don't know much about soccer, but I was much more impressed with what Rose Lavelle did in that game than what Megan Rapino did. But again, neither here nor there. My point here about the women's national team is I think they provided a bit of clarity. Okay? The women's national team was a team. They were a sports team. Right? By some, they were viewed as a symbol for the LGBTQ community. The, you know... uh you know they were kind of used as a as a feminist symbol towards you know equal pay for women for equal rights for women for all of these that they were they were kind of used as a symbol to signify all of these things right and look it, part of me gets it but also part of me asks why is it necessary if you had asked me look i I will say this, and this is, I know when I say this, this is going to rub some people the wrong way, right? Because people are going to say, oh, God, where is he going with this? Megan Rapinoe is a gay woman. She's a gay woman. My response to that is, who gives? I didn't watch the Women's World Cup this year for gay women. In fact, I really didn't care if Megan Rapinoe was gay or not. I really didn't. Megan Rapinoe was looked at as a superstar athlete in this tournament. She was not looked at as a superstar gay woman. Isn't that what you're trying to accomplish? Isn't that what you're trying to accomplish? Right? So for the U.S. women... They won the World Cup, and that's virtually all it was. It was a victory for Americans, right? Their second straight Women's World Cup. They are the greatest women's soccer team in the world. And that's the way it was viewed. That's what you're trying to accomplish. You don't want to be singled out. You don't want, like... And I think that it provides clarity because I think what people should realize is that the U.S. women's team, and we're just going to use them as an example right now because they are, you know, they are the, the worldly champions. The U.S. women's national team should not play their games for a certain community or for women or for gay people, or for anything. Like, they shouldn't play for that. You shouldn't play for anything. Because all you're doing is bringing attention to something that nobody was paying attention to until you brought it up. What I loved, and this is my thing, I've I've bashed Megan Rapino for... A while, and I I wouldn't say I necessarily bashed her, but I wasn't fond of what she was doing because I I thought that 
uh, you know, after she said she wasn't going to the White House, Trump kind of came back and said, uh, uh, you know, like, I, I, I got, he was, he responded kind of like, it's unfortunate the way that she, uh, the way that she put that, but regardless, whether win or lose, I'm inviting the whole team to the White House well, anyway, now, regardless. Now he said we'll look into it. Well, right. Now he said we're going to look into it. Like, well, he's not sure now. Well, right, because I'm sure none of them want to go. Of course they don't. I mean, it's, it's, they're, sure not, no, no. they're not the first team. Right. The Eagles, uh, the Eagles, they, they flat out, the White House said, the White House flat out boycotted, the White House flat out canceled that trip because right. most Eagle players said no. Right. You had Patriots, some Patriots players went, some Patriots players didn't go. Right. You had some Red Sox players went, some Red Sox players didn't go. You had uh, the pa- Patriots, I, I don't think the Patriots are flat, the Patriots I don't think went either way this year, right? Did Golden State? No, Golden State, Golden I don't think State Golden State didn't, no, right. Golden didn't go. State didn't go. Toronto, I don't think is going to go. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, Toronto, yeah. Danny Green said Toronto will not. Pretty, he says he feels they're not going to go. Right. So, so nonetheless, it, it, not really the point. What really is the point here is, is I wasn't a fan of what she was doing. But regardless of that, I think she made a very good look of herself and her team with her post game interview. She didn't bring anything up other than the fact, God, winning the World Cup, it's crazy. We've got stars on our team. We've got great. We've got a great group of girls. We, I mean, we played our hearts out, all this stuff. Not once did she mention what they were playing for, and that was the key. I gained so much respect for Megan Rapino at that point. I really did. You don't have to play for anything. You don't have to play for a community because if you play for a community, you're taking the attention away from how great you are. You're taking the attention away from it. I, the way that I see this, okay, women want to be treated equally. They want to be paid equally. They just want to be equal towards men. They do. And I, I totally believe that to be true also. I, I really do believe that that, first of all, I think that is the case most of the time, and I think that it should be the case all of the time, I 100%. It should be the case all the time, but a lot of the time it is not. I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, I, would, yeah, I, I would say it's, I would say it's some of the there. time. I'll disagree with you there. But, but, the one thing that sets apart the two and this is this is a societal difference is that when men win in sports they are just viewed as a great team with great players for women they're not viewed as a great team they're viewed as a symbol they're viewed as they're playing for something that isn't equal what the women should want here is not we're playing for women, for women everywhere, because that we want people to, we want young girls to want to be like Megan Rapinoe when they grow up. I guarantee you that there are. There are young girls out there today that say, I want to be the next Alex Morgan. I don't think that's a problem. But don't you want to be remembered as a great soccer team? You don't want to be like Jackie Robin. If you ask Jackie Robinson today, Seriously, if you ask Jackie Robinson today, Jackie Robinson is remembered for breaking the color barrier. Jackie Robinson is not remembered for being a phenomenal baseball player. Jackie Robinson is one of the top 
10, 20 baseball players of all time. He is. He was phenomenal. But he isn't remembered that way. Why? Because he's black. He broke the color barrier. But it was very important. That was a very important of thing. Of course it was. Absolutely. That was a very important thing that happened. Of and it course. Was, and it was Branch. Branch Ricky gave him that. You know, he Branch Ricky. You know, it was a chance that was taken because nobody nobody felt that a black player, baseball player, could happen in the major leagues. That's why they created the Negro Leagues. Right. So they could play with each other. Sure. Branch Ricky said, Jackie gave, said, gave, was the one who gave Jackie the chance, and Jackie knew he had to do it. Jack, there Absolutely. was so much pressure on Jackie Robinson to be to play well. There was so much pressure on him. So, yeah, he is remembered for breaking the color barrier. Uh, right. And that was because it's, sure. import, it's an important part, not just baseball, but in American history. Absolutely. You're, you are 100% right about that. But what I'm saying is, is that if you asked him today what he would be, what he would rather be remembered for, I just want to, I want to be, I can't speak for him or his family, obviously, I can't. But if you think, you think you'd ask him, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as a great baseball player. That's what he loves. He loves baseball. Megan Rapino and the women's soccer team love soccer. They do. They train their whole lives to achieve this. And somehow that becomes not the focus. That becomes not the focus. The focus should be the U.S. women won the World Cup. They made everybody else look like children. But it isn't. The focus is they are a great symbol for women everywhere. Well, why can't it be both? Like, why can't sports be sports, but sports also, like, mean something? Like, well, I think sometimes it is both. But I think that my, my, my issue is, is that it is heavily skewed towards, like, if you ask the general population... Why did the Women's World Cup mean so much to you? They'll say, they wouldn't say, God, it made America look great. It made the U.S. women look absolutely fantastic. They were so dominant. They would say, because it inspired me as a woman. I, that I don't get. That I, it, look, I am all for equality. I am. Believe me, okay? I'm all for it. And I believe in, you know, I, I believe in most cases, it that's what exists. And there are some, there are definitely some, out, some, uh, some instances where that isn't the case. Absolutely. And some of them are purely evident. Sure. 100%. And the ones that are should be reprimanded that way. They should be cr- confronted that way. But if women want the equality, if the U.S. women's team is is preaching for equality, then I'd love to talk about nothing other than you just being a great soccer team. Well, I think I think I understand your point. It should, and I understand yours too, uh, Matt. That yeah, it should be for both. It, 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 and I think actually, in a way, yeah, I do think I do think this this tournament and the, and the team brought brought a lot of people together, both. 
you know, both men, women, straight, gay. What you know, it brought everyone. I think it did bring everyone together. But I think it it will inspire this team. I think will inspire little girls to go out and say, "Hey, I want to be like this one. I want to be like Alex Moore. I want to be like Mike Rapino. Sure. Like it's going to just oh, in yeah. the same way. I, I, as a kid, for me, I want to be a pro baseball player. Why? My favorite baseball player was Mike Piazza. I wanted to be like him. Right. Uh, I, I, we talked about Jackie Robinson. How many? How many African Americans? How many? How many players have come and said? Yes, I want to play baseball because how many black baseball players came and said I want to play because Jackie Robinson did. He he laid the groundwork. He did. Sure. I can play now because he proved that I can do it. You know, it's possible. That's why it's so big. Yeah. That's why it's so big for little girls. And yes, for even a Megan Rapino who is a gay woman and will inspire the LGBTQ community to say, yeah, I can do. I can make an impact. I can go outside in the worldwide stage and make an impact. I can do it. it. It does. It. I understand. If you, I understand bringing the country together. And yes, in a way, I think it did bring the country together. But I don't think it's a problem when it inspires a little girl, a little boy, or whatever you know, little, you know, a little boy, a little girl, or or right. someone who's gay, someone who's someone who's gay, and be like, yeah, you know what? I can do it because they did it. They did it, so I can do it. It's a great thing, you know. Well, well right. It, well, inspiration is one thing. Like that's that's all fine and good. If if. Uh, first of all, I think there are already little girls that are saying, I want to be like Megan Rapinoe, I want to be like Alex Morgan, I want to be like Crystal Dunn, and like I, I want to be like, you know, I want to be like Julie Ertz. You know, I want to be like a bunch of these women's athletes. I, I get it, and I think that it's always been that way. But I think that if you are, if your message is you want equality, and it should be. You're 100%. Then you shouldn't want to single out the, this is for women. This is for the LGBTQ. You should be, and this is why I loved what Megan Rapino said at, um, after, the, uh, after the World Cup final. We've just got a great group of girls. We've got a great group of girls. I, what difference does it make if Megan Rapinoe was gay? What difference does it make? She did it. And she was the best player in the whole tournament. By far. It wasn't close. Uh, Megan Rapinoe was the best women's soccer player in the country for the past month. No, if you knew what you needed her to get uh, a goal, she got it. In the world, I should say. Not even in the country. In the world. You need it, in the tournament, you needed her to get a goal. She got the goal. Uh, right. Absolutely. She was phenomenal all tournament. All tournament. Not once did I care even a little that she was gay. Nor did I even acknowledge it. Man, that was a great play by Megan Rapino. Not, man, that was a great play by gay woman Megan Rapino. Nobody cared. Because she did her thing. Nobody cared, and it's great. I think it provides clarity. All right, coming up next, I've got NBA power rankings, top 10 teams in the NBA now with Kawhi signed with all these loose ends tied up, tied up, top 10 teams in the NBA. I mean, I guess it's kind of post-free agency, right? All the big pieces are gone. Well, you held. Well, you did the power rankings last week, and you're like, well, Kawhi, this, that. You're like, well, it's Kawhi Leonard. Well, this, and that. Now that it's happened. Now that it's happened, this is where we stand. That's next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio on the Worldwide. 
I, I, I wasn't, isn't normally as quiet for the second half of the show. Uh, during the break, Matt tried nine of them right. I got nine, but like, I, I... Did they make the playoffs last year? Agency. Even though it isn't done of a dynamic duo, they've still got Clint Kipston. Is I that, but I think that, that I think he's going to be fun to play with. I, th I think he's... Give me a hit, give me a hit. Can it, when, when you... Brooklyn... They can work with Kenny Atkins, Kyrie Irving, and the Brooklyn Nets. I should have known that. Fantastic. Gobert, he's the best defensive wing to go along with Joe Ingles. It's going to be dynamic players. The Utah Jazz, I'm telling you right now, not even really a sleeper. They are a contender in the West to win the Western Conference. This is a good basketball team. People don't, I feel like people don't really realize how good Bogdanovich and Ingles actually are from beyond the arc. They, they are stroking. They are cool. Crazy good at three-point shooters. The Indiana Pacers, who were a good team late in the year, their best player down the stretch after Oladipo got hurt was Boyan Bogdanovich. Yes. He really was. He earned his contract. Uh, so Utah is number eight. Number seven, I'm still going to give some love to Golden State. I really do think that they're still one of the top ten teams in the NBA. Wow. They will take a, a drop back. Here's my thing with Golden State. Them not having Klay Thompson for the first uh, basically until March is going to hurt them. I think they're going to be a lower seed in the West. At the best, I think they are a five. I really don't think that they're going to get uh, a whole... Uh, they're not going to get home court advantage in the playoffs. I just don't. Steph Curry, I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to have a fine year. D'Angelo Russell, I do not think he's going to last in Golden State. I don't think he's going to be there for very long. Um, so I think there's going to be some adjustments going on. It's not going to be the same dynamic. They're going to struggle a little bit. Golden State's still going to be good, and then when they get Clay back, they're going to be really tough to beat in the playoffs. Just, I don't buy them right now. I'm going to go for, I am going to go for Golden State at number seven. Wow, when was the last time they were? In, when was the last time they were? Right, like out of the top two. Right. Uh, number six is Philadelphia. Look, I don't love them. I don't like. I said I. Ben Simmons not being able to shoot, I think, is really hurting them. He isn't like Giannis. He's not a physical freak. Um, but I do believe that they've got an interesting dynamic there, and I think they're not going to be still. I think as of right now on paper, they probably have one of the best starting fives in the NBA when they've got, when you're looking at Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, uh, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. I think that is a really dynamic starting five. I don't, I, I'm iffy on the fit. I don't know how Horford and Embiid are going to be able to play together. Um, I think it is a possibility that Embiid gets traded. I do not believe that they will lose out on that trade, but they've got a lot of size, a lot of length, and a lot of scoring. So Philadelphia is at number six. Here's the top five. Number five is Denver. They are going to be incredibly good. And I think people are underestimating them. Denver, I think, is going to be a dark horse. Not even a dark horse. They will contend for a title next year. They may very well come out come out of the Western Conference. They just acquired Jeremy Grant today from the Oklahoma City Thunder. He can really play. Um, their biggest weakness was at that three spot. They haven't solved it, but I think that if they are able to get Michael Porter Jr. back, that does solve it. Lot of size, lot of length, lot of scoring. That's what wins in the NBA, right? That's how Toronto won. Size, length, scoring. 
Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, I think, are one of the more underrated backcourts in the entire league. Uh, guys like Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, they've got really nice players over there. And on top of that, Nikola Jokic, I think, is the best center in the NBA, the best passing center in the NBA 100%. He's the only center that I believe you can run an offense around. Nikola Jokic, I think, and he's only going to get better. He's another guy that I would consider for MVP next year. The Denver Nuggets are at number five. Number four, people think I'm crazy when I say this. Four, Boston. Here's my thing. Brad Stevens, I think, is the best or second best coach in the NBA. I really do. I think he's that good. They still have a deep roster. They're getting Gordon Hayward back at full strength. They lose Kyrie Irving. They gain Kemba Walker. They lose Al Horford. They gain Ennis Cantor. I get the fact that people are nervous about Boston defensively. They're still going to be great defensively on the perimeter. And on the inside, they've still got a lot of young guys that didn't get a lot of playing time. Robert Williams, I think, is going to have a big role. Same thing with guys like Gorshan Yabusele. You're going to hear those names a lot next season, manning down the paint. And I think Kemba Walker makes the locker room more comfortable. Carson Edwards also Carson Ed- doing pretty good in summer league. Carson Edwards, I think, is going to come out big. He's going to be the Terry Rozier type yes. guy because Carson Edwards can score. He can really score. So and I don't think Kyrie, I don't think Kemba's a better player, but I do agree that Kemba, I for think, that locker room, for that team, Kemba might be just best for that it just and, and you and I, I think, can all agree on this. They're, Boston just seems like they have more fluidity now. Mm-hmm. They just seem more fluid. They It's seamless now. Give me Boston at number four. I know I'm crazy, but give me the Boston Celtics at number four. Number three is Milwaukee. I think that they are good, really good, borderline great. Giannis is still really the only guy that I can rely on over there. They've got a good roster. I like Chris Middleton. I'm iffy on him in the playoffs. I like Brooke Lopez a lot. I like Eric Bledsoe. I'm actually surprised they were able to get him back. They've done a good job. Losing Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is going to be big for them. That's a big loss. But... Milwaukee is still incredibly talented. I think a lot of their young guys are going to get better. Giannis, I think, is going to get better than he was last year. Give me the Milwaukee Bucks as the favorites to come out of the East at number three. Number two, give me the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that they are as well put together of a team as I think there could be in the NBA right now. I really do. LeBron, Anthony Davis, you've got your stars. You've got your two, uh, I would say not stars, but two really good players underneath that in Kyle Kuzma and DeMarcus Cousins. I think they did a really nice job uh, bringing those guys in. And then you've got role players. Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Rondo, JaVale McGee, Jared Dudley, Taylor Horton Tucker. You've got, got Quinn Cook. You've got a lot of guys there that... They lost out on Kawhi Leonard, and that hurt. I'm sure it did. But what they've done to fill out the rest of this roster, I think they've done incredibly well. It is a focus on shooting and focus on defense. The two things they couldn't do last year, they dialed in on fixing this year. To me, if it weren't for the Clippers getting Kawhi Leonard, they would be the favorites to win the NBA title. The LA Lakers are at number two. 
and I just kind of spoiled it. Number one to me is the Los Angeles Clippers. I never thought I'd say it. I really did. I thought Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. I thought once that broke up, there was absolutely no chance they would have for a number of years. Jerry West is a genius. Michael Winger is incredibly smart. Steve Ballmer is a great owner. Doc Rivers plays a crucial role in that front office and that coaching staff, obviously. The Clippers are for real. They really are. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It struck me like crazy when they not only got Kawhi, but they were able to trade for Paul George also. So they've got two dynamic two-way players, one of which I think is one of the top two players in the league. Paul George is probably a top 10 player in the league at this point as well. You've got the best bench scorer in the league, probably the best bench scorer in NBA history. You've got the best defensive point guard in the league in Patrick Beverly. You've got a great rebounder in Montrez Harrell. You've got Landry Shamit. You've got a bunch of different guys that can play different roles. You gave up a lot to get Paul George. Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and five first round picks is a lot to give up for one guy. But you really gave it up for two guys. You mortgaged your future to have your future. Kawhi, Paul George, you're the favorite to win the NBA title. You on right now, right now on July 8th, 2019, you are the favorite to win the NBA title. You are who I would put my money on. The Los Angeles Clippers going into the season right now, going into the year as the best team in the NBA. So just to recap, Houston is 10, Brooklyn is 9, Utah 8, Golden State is 7, Philadelphia is 6, Denver is 5, Boston 4, Milwaukee 3, the Lakers are at 2, and the Clippers are at 1. Those are the NBA power rankings post-free agency. All right. As we head to the news... I would like to say I am very proud of this list and I do not expect any disagreement from any of my counterparts. It's a good list. I'm kidding. It's a good list, man. Anything it's you guys would change. List. So, recap, we'll recap the list. So, we got Brooklyn. I'm sorry. We got Houston, Brooklyn, 10. Utah. Houston, Houston, Brooklyn, Utah. Golden State. Golden State. Philly. Philly. Denver, Boston, Milwaukee, the Lakers, Clippers. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Lakers, Clippers. I think that's a fine top three. You could put that order in. I think you could put Bucks, Lakers, two, three. Sure, I think that's fine. Uh, Brooklyn, where was Brooklyn? Nine? Brooklyn was nine. Houston, ten. I have a hard time putting Houston in the top ten. I have a hard time because I... Who would you put ahead of them, though? <sighs> Portland? Maybe. Maybe Portland. I was surprised Portland wasn't on the list. Yeah. I was a little surprised. Port- I will Houston, say this. I, I Portland, don't know. I don't know. I'm going to see from Houston Portland, next year. Portland was probably 11. I was toying with when I was making the list. I knew who my top nine were going to be. I was toying with Houston or Portland, and I have a little bit more faith in Houston because I think that Portland had a great run last year, and they've got a lot of talent. Houston, I think, is going to make moves. They are going to make moves to advance themselves. I think Portland's going to stand pat, and it's going to end up hurting him. Well, I, really well I guess I guess we'll see if I guess we'll see with the Rockets if maybe they do make a push for Russell Westbrook. Right now I I saw last last I checked last I saw it's a long shot they were going to get him. Um I would also I might put Utah higher. What is Utah 8? Eight? 8. Yeah, he, Portland's up there. Portland's up there. I might put you know, I might put Portland ahead of Brooklyn right now. 
because Brooklyn, as good as I think Brooklyn's going to be, they're not going to be sensationally good until Durant gets back. I think I think Kyrie is enough to get them to get them into the playoffs, and I think it might be good enough to get them past the first round. I don't know if they're better than Portland though. I still I might have to put Portland over over Brooklyn too. So here's um before we go to the news, here are some breaking news here. Uh. I said all the do- the big dominoes have fell. This is I wouldn't necessarily call it a big domino, but it is a oh I know what an trade average about. sized domino falling in free agency. Jabari Parker yeah. has signed a two year thirteen million dollar deal with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, not much of a difference maker, it really isn't. But and, I think it's a good sign for Atlanta and the Thunder. A traded, very good one. And the Thunder traded Jeremy Grant to the Nuggets for a first round pick next right, year. Right. All right, guys. Thanks for spoiling two things I had for the news. That's fine. It's totally cool. You Did you actually? You can still bring it up. Totally cool. You can still bring it up. All right. Here's the news for Big J journalist Matt Catarizzolo. Bring it up. Bring him up. Well, it's not really news now, but yeah, the the, the Thunder have traded Jeremy Grant to the Denver Nuggets for a 2020 first round pick. Uh, this deal saves the Thunder $39 million in salary and tax, and it stockpiles a sixth future first round pick. So them unloading Jeremy Grant and Paul George, is Russell Westbrook next? I, I don't know if he's next, but I think he will be gone soon. I like... Oklahoma City, I think, is going to try and move quickly to start moving pieces out. I don't think... I think Oklahoma City will be motivated to not start the season with Russell Westbrook on their roster. They will try to get him out before the season starts. Um, A piece that I could see being traded before Westbrook is Dennis Schroeder. I could see him getting moved. Um... But other than that, I don't really know. I think they're gonna. I think they're probably gonna try and keep Stephen Adams around. I think they'll probably keep Terrence Ferguson around. I think if they move Westbrook, then those are Ferguson and Shea Gilgis Alexander, two nice pieces to kind of build around. Right. If they're if they're really like looking to rebuild. And don't be surprised if they flip Gallinari again. Yeah. They could flip Gallinari again. Um, that would be a nice. Wouldn't that be interesting if um, Gallinari ended up going to, like, Golden State or, like, any of these other, like, imagine if you went to to Denver. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. He fills in that three spot. Denver would have the best starting five in the league. Pencil it in. If they were able to trade for Danilo Gallinari, I would probably take, I would take... Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Danilo Gallinari, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic over any starting five in the league. Book it. That would be the best starting five in the league. Any starting five in any the league. Any of them. Any really? of, it would be better than the Clippers. I really do. I, it, like, the Clippers starting five right now would be Beverly, Landry, Shamit, Kawhi, Paul George, Kawhi, and... Paul George, and probably Montrez Harrell. Yeah. I would take what the Nuggets would have over the Clippers. I would. Even what about Philadelphia? Same thing with Philadelphia. Because, again, I'm not certain of the Philadelphia fit. Like, Philadelphia looks really nice on paper. What about Boston? I'd take them over Boston, too. you take them over Kemba, Jalen Brown, Tatum, uh, Hayward, and Cantor? Yes. Cantor and, wow. Yep. Wow. I would. Wow, wow. That Denver starting five would be incredible. Interesting. Incredible. You got to feel bad for for OKC, man. Like they're, they're so we in in 
six years or seven pe- years. Before you, before you say anything, and I'm going to let you continue your point in a second. Sorry to cut you off. But I, I don't want to ignore the Jeremy Grant thing. Jeremy Grant can play. Jeremy he makes, Grant can play. He makes Denver a lot better. Yeah. So go ahead, Matt. Sorry. So like in seven years, six, seven, seven years, we've watched, you know, all three of their core, you know, they're, they're at one time, or what probably would have been a big three, win MVPs, but only one of them has been to the finals and won. You know, we've seen Kevin Durant, what he's done. James Harden won an MVP. What Russell Westbrook didn't win an MVP, you know, break the triple-double record and everything, but that's all well and good. But, I mean, if you look at OKC as a franchise... You know, blowing the 3-1 lead, not making it back to the finals after that, kind of being a first-round exit team since then. You know, like, they had so much talent. Then they kind of had this, like, this like, oh, wow, we got Paul George. Like, that's so cool. And he did very good. He was an MVP candidate this season. Right. Westbrook did win MVP two years ago. Yeah. And, like, they have nothing to show for it. You know, so it kind of it kind of sucks to see how close OKC has, gone, has gotten so many times just to, like, fall kind of flat every time. Kind of sucks. Yeah, they kind of remind. They kind of the Thunder kind of remind me of the Falcons of you know of this the last ten years or even you know where they so many talented teams, so much talent on the roster and just never been able to you know never been able to close the deal and get a championship. I think you'll like this analogy, Evan. What the Oklahoma City Thunder are the Washington Nationals of the NBA. The Nationals are a good one too. They've got a ton of talent. It comes in and goes. Like, even this year, when Bryce Harper left, they brought in Patrick Corbin. Like, they keep getting an influx of talent, and they develop it well, but they can never get over the hump. The Chiefs, it's, like, it's like the Capitals for a while. Capitals, the Cap- pre-Stanley Cup. I think yeah. the Chiefs are another one to bring up, too. I mean, I know I know they're... I know we can. I know a lot. A lot think. A lot of people think we, yeah, they're super contenders this year. Pencil them for a couple of Super Bowls in the well, next ten we'll years. See, we'll yeah. see, but there has like we'll see, but they've had many talented teams in the past, and and just again fallen short. And again, they did it again this year. They were literally they had the Super Bowl, a ticket of the Super Bowl, right in their hands, and then and it was gone because D Ford jumped off sides. There's always something. Something goes wrong with a team like OKC. Where the Chiefs are, like you said, the Nationals, right? Um, you know, the Capitals pre Stanley Cup championship. Yeah. I mean, the the Thunder have, are kind of in that category. So many talented teams, and just it just oh look, there's a picture of it right now, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it just like you said, one by one they separated, one by one they were gone, and, and they've Russell gone, Westbrook and they, is and now they've, and they've gone on to do incredible things individually. They have individually. They have. But that when, franchise, yeah, the franchise has kind of been kind of left in the dust, and I feel like Westbrook will be the last piece. That will leave kind of shattering OKC's like any any aspirations OKC has for the foreseeable future. Right. Yeah. The Phoenix Suns, I think, are another one. The Dan Tony, Stoudemire, Steve Nash, Phoenix Suns. Yep. Those teams were so good, just could never get past teams like the Lakers and the Spurs. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's how we're gonna remember the, the, o- ja- the OKC. The Jazz Thunder. of the nineties Stockton. The Knicks of the nineties. Yeah. Yep. It sucks. Uh, okay, so we, we were right. We were speculating on this before. Uh, David Griffin is, in fact, the, the Pelicans GM, not the president of basketball operations. Oh, okay. So Pelicans uh, GM David Griffin says uh, Zion Williamson suffered a bruised knee that will keep him out of the summer league playing only one game. <laughs> For me, this makes me very, very nervous about Zion going forward. I kind of I want to get your guys' opinion on this because I think that Zion is, you know, everyone calls him a physical freak because he is. You know, no one should be that fast, that big, that explosive at 280 pounds. 
Do you think Zion is too athletic for his own good? <laughs> I do. It really is an interesting thing because there are not a lot of people that could say that they're too athletic. This might be that case. Yeah, man, you might be right listen, about that. He got he played one played one year at Duke. He got hurt. Played one summer league game. He got hurt. You, you, do you think Zion Williamson is going to play a full NBA season? I don't. I think like over the course of his career. Oh no! I mean like his first NBA this season. season. Do you this think season. This season he'll no, play no, a full I, season? No, no. I think Zion is going to play anywhere between fifty-five and sixty games. And that, like, if you're the Pelicans, you're happy about that, <clears throat> right? Either rest him, keep him healthy, because he's going to be a draw, right? If in those, if in those 55, 60 games, he averages close to twenty and ten, all right, you got something, right? Like, I agree with you that he could be too athletic, just because your tendons and your muscle fibers are pulling so tight, they are so ready to tear at any given moment. I think you're right. I, I think he could be too athletic. But I think in the long run it'll it'll pay off for him. Is this I, I really do. I just don't want this to be like foreshadowing of what Zion's career is going to be like. Is he, I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be either. But I have this kind of lurking suspicion that you know Zion's going to be his 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 upside is obviously an NBA superstar, but his his floor is just another freak athlete that is kind of under the mercy of his own body, which I don't want. I don't think any of us want that. No. So, no, I, w- I want to see Zion do, do great I want to see Zion really do. take LeBron's place when LeBron retires. That's what I want to see. But LeBron never had to deal with any injuries. You know, up until last year. Up until last year. And already we're seeing Zion kind of seeing him get hurt. Like, more often than we like than we anticipated. Right. So, I don't know. This makes me nervous. I don't know if it makes you. I think, I, mean, I think with Zion... You know, you're gonna have to maybe keep him fresh, maybe in his rookie season. I mean, the Pelicans, the Pelicans can certainly compete, make the playoffs. I certainly believe that, but there are no, there are no rush in terms of championship and East Western Conference Finals, all that stuff. So maybe this year you take it easy. Maybe this year, not gonna say limit him, but you make sure that he's okay. You make sure that he's good for the long run. Because, like you said, injury. Excuse me, first season Duke injury for now already summer league bone bruise. You want to keep him healthy? That's your franchise guy. You you, you got the number one pick. Exactly. No one thought you get the number one pick from. No one they, thought you did. So maybe you keep him kind of fresh this year. Maybe you you play him, yeah. but kind of rest him up a bit. So you know we'll see. Yeah. It's certainly something to monitor with Zion Williamson. Yeah, they they are going to be very conservative with him. Very conservative. All right, that's the news. Big J journalist Matt Catarizzolo. Coming up next, hour number three. How could a guy? Beasts that is so boring make the NBA so interesting. That's coming up next. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Home run derbies tonight. It's one of my favorite things all year. And I think it's so fun to watch. Uh, like I said, I'm not affiliated with any network that's broadcasting it, so I can't. I am not forced to tell you to watch it or anything of that nature. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the field's kind of lame. It really is. The field. The field is is a Chapman, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Alice Bregman, Jock Peterson, Pete Alonso, Carlos Santana, Josh Bell, Ronald Acuna Jr. Kind of lame. That's your full field. Kind of lame. Got to admit. 
That is kind of Matt lame. Chapman, I should say. Matt Chapman. All right, here we go. Let's build a bracket. So the first matchup, the 1-8 matchup, is Matt Chapman and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. I'll take Vladdy Jr. I think he's – honestly, these young kids, what I see all the time is a lot of young players – do well in this thing because they really don't know any better to conserve their swing or try to you know make any um, make any adjustments. They just kind of go in there, swing as hard as they can. I'm going to take Vladdy Jr. over Matt Chapman. I don't think Matt Chapman's a big enough home run hitter to do it, so I'm going to take Vladdy Jr. All right, the four five is Alex Bregman and Jock Peterson. Um, I'm going to take Alex Bregman. He's look. I think Jock Peterson is a big fly ball guy. He's got a ton of um, he's got a ton of power. I'm not going to, you know, dismiss him of that. But Alex Bregman, I think, does, is going to do really well in this thing. I don't think he's going to get tired too quick. Um, it doesn't take much for him to get it out. I I, I think he's going to play well, and I, I really do um, believe that he's going to last quite a bit. I really do. I think he's going to hit a bunch of home runs. He's got a short, compact swing. And that's gonna serve. Uh, that's gonna serve him well. So, in the second round, I got Vladdy Jr. and Alex Bregman. So now we go to the other side of the bracket: Pete Alonso and Carlos Santana. That's the two-seven matchup. Sorry, Evan. I'm gonna take the hometown guy. I'm gonna take Carlos Santana. There's gonna be understandable. A, there's gonna be a a fire with Carlos Santana. He's not gonna want to go down early. Pete Alonso's got a ton of power. I really do. Um, I really do think that he has a chance of winning the whole thing if he beats Carlos Santana. But I think Santana's going to have something going on. There's going to be a little bit of extra adrenaline there. Um, still don't know what side of the plate he's going to hit from. I'm assuming it'll be the left side, but Carlos Santana, the seven seed, will advance and beat Pete Alonso. Uh, then the 3-6 three, the three, matchup is Josh Bell, Ronald Acuna. This is going to be a good one to watch. I'm going to take Josh Bell, the big switch-hitting power guy. I like Acuna. His swing is a little bit long. I think he's going to get tired easy. And I think Josh Bell, even though he's a power guy, he's very short and compact. Everything is in here. Everything is in the second round. I've got Carlos Santana, Josh Bell, Vladdy Jr., and Alex Bregman. So between Vladdy Jr. and Alex Bregman, I'm going to take Vladdy Jr. I really do believe that he's going to put on a show here. He's going to hit a lot of deep home runs. I think there's going to be a couple of 500-footers from him. I really do. Um, Vladdy Jr. is going to put on a show. I like Alex Bregman, but the power of Vladdy Jr. just is too exciting to me. Vladdy Jr. advances to the final. Carlos Santana, Josh Bell. I'm going to take Carlos Santana. Like I said, the hometown thing, I think, has a little bit of fire in him. There's going to be a little bit of extra adrenaline. I think he's going to beat out Josh Bell. So, funny thing about this, the two bottom seeds of the entire derby I have in the final, Vladdy Jr. and Carlos Santana. And between the two, I will take Vladdy Jr. to win the derby tonight. I really will. And I think that, again, it, young kid, full of stamina. He's not going to tire out. He's going to swing really hard. He's going to have the most fun with it. His dad did it, so he's got a little bit of coaching too. Vladdy Jr., I think, is going to be the guy to do it. He'll know when to take his breaks. I think he's going to have enough to get into the money ball rounds. He's going to get the extra 30 seconds because he's going to hit a, a million 440-plus-foot home runs. Vladdy Jr., I think, is the guy to have. He's my pick for the Derby tonight. Vladdy Jr., all right. 
Uh, Chapman versus Vladdy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Vladdy. I'm gonna go with Vladdy too. I think I think Vlad, I think Vladdy is gonna have is gonna put on a show in this home run derby. I think Chapman will give. I actually think Chad will give him a run for his money, but I think Vladdy in this first round will take it. Bregman and Jock Pierce. I'm gonna go with Bregman too. Bregman was really good last year in the home run derby. He just Schwarber came in and, and outdueled him with 16 home runs. Bregman had 15 in the first round. I think Bregman's gonna look to try to. He already has an All Star Game MVP from last year. I know. I know Bregman. I think Bregman will try to get out of the first round this year. I think he'll look to get out of it this year too. I don't think he wants to get out home run again. He had, he, he had. He was really good last year, so I'll go Bregman. I'll go Bregman too. Pete Alonso versus Carlos Santana. Uh, yeah, I understand. Carlos Santana is the hometown guy. Not only that, he knows the ballpark better than anyone here. He knows the ballpark so well. So I would not be surprised if Carlos Santana wins this one. As a matter of fact, I, I, if this was anyone else, I probably would pick Pete Alonso. But I'm gonna go Pete Alonso here because I think Pete Alonso is really is motivated to do this. I'm barely going Pete Alonso, barely, because I think he's motivated to do this home run derby. I think he wants to do it. I think he's going to look to, just like Vladdy looked to put on a show, I think Pete Alonso will, I'm not going to say waste his energy in the first round, but I think you're going to see a lot of Pete Alonso, uh, his his home run derby come in this round. I think he'll I think he'll barely out-homer out Carlos Santana. I, I agree I think, with you. I, I, think, I think Pete Alonso will do well. In the first round. But I think, here's the thing, it's either Pete Alonso is going to hit 30 home runs in the first round, or he's going to hit like five. I, I don't, think, yeah, I don't sure. think there's an in-between. Pete Alonso's either going to do incredibly Honestly, well or incredibly bad. He could hit 30 homers in the first round and then go out and hit like five in the second round, which I think could happen. So I got Pete Alonso moving on to the second round where I think he'll get eliminated by Ronald Acuna Jr. I think Ronald Acuna is going to take this one. I think Ronald Acuna is also going to have a nice is going to have a nice home run derby, this being his first. So I'm going to go Ronald Acuna over the power guy and Josh Bell. Acuna versus Alonso. Braves over the Mets again. Ronald Acuna. I'm picking him because I think Alonso wow. might, might be slowed down. After a first round, I think he might have a big one. I think Acuna will kind of will kind of pull away in the second round and take and beat Alonzo. Uh, Vladdy versus Bregman. I'm going to take Bregman actually. Really? I'm gonna take, I'm didn't gonna you take just Bregman. say like five minutes ago that you were picking Vladdy Jr. to win the whole thing? No, I didn't. I said no. I said I, th- I think I see you. Could, I I can understand Vladdy winning the whole. Th- I said All I right. could see him winning the whole thing. All right. I said I could see him winning the whole thing. All but right. I'll, but I'll say Bregman over Vladdy in this one. Again, I think again, I think Vladdy, you might see kind of slow down a bit. And if I did say, and if I did say I picked Vladdy, I apologize. I meant to say he could win it, but but I'm pretty sure I said he could. But I'll say Bregman here over Vladdy because again, I think Bregman will look to try to win this one. I think Bregman will over Vladdy. This one, the veteran over the young gun here. I think Vladdy might slow down the second round after a good first round. So that leaves Bregman versus Acuna. I think this is. I think that'd be a good one. I'm gonna say Alex Bregman. Really? We'll, we'll win this one over Ronald Acuna. All right. I think that'll be a good close one. It's respectable. All right, Matt. Who do you who do you got to win the whole thing? I don't want to take the time of going through the whole bracket, but who do you got winning? I don't the even thing? know how I feel about Vladdy Jr. even being in it, man. He's got like eight home. He's got what eight home runs? Eight on home the runs. Yeah. yeah. He's got eight home runs. Like. You shouldn't be in the home run derby with less than ten home runs. But I mean, it's fine. I think he's gonna. You're right. I think he's gonna do very good. Who do I think is gonna? Who do I think is gonna win? Hmm. You said it before, man. Just watching his swing and the way that he actually like hits the ball. I like Josh Bell. I like Josh Bell Dave. a lot. I like Josh Bell a lot. I mean, Alonzo obviously has been like unstoppable putting it out of the park this season. But I mean, who do I think is gonna win? I think I think Guerrero Jr. is gonna win. I don't want to. So you don't him, like him that he's in, but you think he's gonna win the I don't, damn thing? I don't think he should be there, but. Nonetheless, he's there, and I think All right. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do good. He's got he's a shot. Win. Okay, yeah, he's got absolutely. a great. Ch- he does have a good chance. He really does. 
All right. Home run derby tonight, 8 o'clock. I'll be dialed in. I think that, uh, look, I think the field's going to be a little bit boring, but I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to have fun with it. God damn it. Because and I, I will, can. And I will say, with a disclaimer, if Yelich was in this thing, I would have picked him. Oh, if Yelich was in this thing, I would have picked him. I actually, you know what? You know what's funny? It didn't really make a difference if Yelich was in it. I had really? Vladdy, I had Vla- I had Vladdy out in him in the first round. Oh, okay, but that would have made. I, I'm serious. I would have. I would have paid to watch Vladdy versus Yelich. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, still, if you're asking me, best home run derby I've ever seen, and I've told you this before, was the one in Miami two years ago. With Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, Bellinger, Bohr, Moustakis, mm-hmm. Sano, Blackman. Uh, that field was so good. Last year's was really fun, too. I had a lot of fun Harper, last year's, too. Harper, Bregman, Schwarber. Schwarber. That was also a lot of fun, too. Hoskins. 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 Hoskins did poorly, didn't he? Hoskins didn't no, do didn't that move well. on. No, he moved on to the second. Hold on. Why isn't Bellinger... In the home run derby this no, year? No, Hoskins I, moved, I on. Hoskins moved on. No, Hoskins did pretty well. He hit 17 he? homers and then in the first round, got past Aguilar, and then he got and he barely, oh, yeah. barely lost to Schwarber That's by one. That's the funny thing, though, about Jesus Aguilar. Is Jesus Aguilar is a big guy that looks like he hits for power. Jesus Aguilar is kind of a contact guy. He's a guy that hits the ball the other way in... 2008, yeah. That was... No, I don't, think, I, don't think anybody, I don't think anybody sick. remembers Morneau winning that thing. Everyone just thinks Josh and Hamilton. They, I'm if I was Justin Morneau, I would have given the trophy <laughs> to Josh Hamilton. Listen, dude, nah, I'd be like, nah, that's my trophy. It, I still won. <laughs> I still my won though. God, <laughs> Josh Morneau. Hamilton. That that was that was incredible, and that was at Yankee Stadium that was, too. That was incredible. The last All Star game there, the last year there. That's right. All right, uh, here we go. News time. To close it out, Big J journalist Matt Catarizzolo, what do you got, bud? All right. Not a lot left, but, you know, still some stuff I want to touch on. So, yeah. there, so uh, LeBron missed out on recruiting Kawhi to the bigger brother Lakers. and uh, But, you know, he still, he still brought in AD and a bunch of these other really good role players. So we're starting to see kind of a new breed of player. Like, we've seen player coaches before. You know, LeBron was considered a player coach for a long time. He might still be considered. Right. Is, is LeBron the first player GM that we've ever seen? Because LeBron is kind of the focal point around all of these Lakers front office moves. I'd say he's the most the closest thing to The it. most prominent, play, like quote-unquote, player GM. There have been throughout the history of the game where players have rec- have wanted a player to come play with them, have demanded the front office make a trade or acquire somebody, right? Like, Jordan did it when he was with the Bulls. Kobe did it. Um, Kobe did it with the Lakers. Kobe did it, and he said, look, I'm going to go out. I'm going to walk out the door to the Bulls if you don't make this, uh, if you don't get Pau Gasol. Um, so it's been done before to the extent of what LeBron's doing. No. So... I don't think he's the first, but I think he's the most prominent. Yeah, that's what I would say. Because it's, it's interesting that we're seeing so many like organizational moves being catered to one man's talent. And, and you know what's funny? Because I, I hear it all the time. Oh, LeBron is the worst GM in the league. He should quit running things because he always screws it up. Really? Because he went to eight finals in a row with players that he handpicked by right. your logic. He must be really terrible at it. He went to eight straight finals. Give me a break. Right. And this is this is kind of like my last like thing I want to touch on. So I mean, in two seasons, we've seen LeBron move to a major market in LA, going to the Lakers. We've seen Kawhi go to the Clippers. Yeah. Now we're seeing Durant go from small town OKC to Golden State. 
and then to now Brooklyn. and then and then now to Brooklyn. We've seen Kyrie go from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn. We've seen Paul George go from go from Indiana to OKC to the Clippers. You know what what did this free agency do to player mobility moving forward? Well, I mean, I think it played a big role in it just because it's you're creating a culture in the NBA of I can move to all these different places. I can play where my happiness comes first. And I think that as we're going along, I think we're going to start embracing the culture of, like I said before, of stars playing together, right? We're going to see a lot more of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. We're going to see a lot more of LeBron, Anthony Davis. I think the era of super teams might be coming and going. There might be a handful from now until whenever, but I think you're the majority of what the NBA is going to look like for a number of years is going to be all right, we're going to have LeBron and AD, we're going to have Kawhi and Paul George, we're going to have Kyrie and Kevin Durant, we're going to have Stephen Clay, we're going to have Dame and CJ, we're going to have you know, uh uh, Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward or Jason Tatum or wh- whichever one of those guys, right? You're going to have more things like that. Paul and Harden. You're going to see more pairings than super teams. And that, I think, is going to be the trend moving forward. Player mobility, I think LeBron kind of... LeBron, I think, really made that big, right? I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here to win a couple championships. Then I've got unfinished business here. I'm going to go back and then I'm going to go build my brand. Players are just going to start doing that now, flip-flopping, which to me, like I said, the NBA fans love the soap opera. They love the moving pieces. It's great for the league. It really is. Moving pieces make the league's wheels turn. I think it's really, really good. And, I mean, we've seen the bad, we've seen the negative effects or the negative feedback from players, you know, uh, switching teams, going in free agencies. Yeah. Like with Kevin Durant going to Golden State. You know, so we've seen we've seen it go that way, but then we've also seen how it turns out good when you know Kawhi to Toronto winning a championship in one year and then leaving. That you know, no one's no there's no bad blood with him leaving Toronto, right? Because he 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 took care of business there. So I don't know. I feel like what we're starting to see now is more players seeing that it's okay to kind of do what you just said to feel more mobile, to go to this place and do this, pair up with this player and do that. You know. I don't like. There's nothing wrong with it. So I feel like right now we're gonna see a new era in the NBA where players are gonna kind of take matters into their own hands and say like, all right, no, like me and him are gonna go play here. Me and him are gonna go play there. So I, I think it's good. I think the future is very bright for the NBA right yeah, now in terms of in terms of player movement. I love it. All right, that's the news. Actually, uh, there's a little uh, thing about the. I know you're big, you're a hockey guy, Matt. Well, it's not really. It's not really. Uh, Nobody cares. It's not really on the. It's actually not really on the ice. It's more so about the Islanders. Um, obviously, they're going to break ground in Belmont. Uh, I just got this. Uh, I just found this. The expanded LIRR service, which has been talked about for years, is critical to the success of the proposed 19,000 seat arena, 40, $435,000 dollars square feet of retail space, restaurants, a movie theater, and a 250-room hotel. Some local lawmakers and community groups have said the new Elmont station will be attached to the LIRR's main line just north of Belmont Park and will allow riders from the east to take the train directly to Belmont. Now LIRR commuters from the east must go to Jamaica Station and then backtrack to the park. Riders from the west uh, riders from the west uh, must already have direct ass- access to the park. So more, tra- wow. so more travel. So just a little travel information for our 
Islander fans who are now making who are now going to go to Belmont when this when this when this stadium does open. Interesting. Yay! <laughs> Yay! For all you, yeah, it's a year round. For all you Long Islanders that watch Islanders hockey, the twelve of you. Oh. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, year round right. LIRR station as part of the Belmont Park project. All right, that's the news. Matt Catarazzolo, our Big J journalist. Good stuff, Matt. Thanks, man. Good stuff. As always, and I know you're lonely today again. Vinny would have are, are you Vinny, getting mad at him now? No. Or? Vinny would have appreciated Vinny would have appreciated that, Evan. I know you didn't get the feedback you expected from us, but Well, uh, I'm Vinny, not, Vinny I knew no, I was I was I knew you again, you said a little bit of hockey. I knew I wouldn't get anything out of him. He doesn't he doesn't care. I know yeah, that. Why, I know that. But I wanted to bring that up because because for Long Island, New York, you know, little local thing. Do it after I leave, damn it. I'm just kidding. Well, you can, well, I'll shut your mic off, and then you could, you could just turn uh, your headset out and just turn your uh, phone. You're going to turn the mic off on yeah. my own show. <laughs> nice. I have the boards right next to me. <laughs> Matt, Evan, myself, Mike Guido. This is the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Chalk Talk. Next. We'll see you. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.